Hey guys, have you ever wondered what happened to the legendary Chuck Norris? I saw a video he made and I was shocked. He is in his 80s, still kicking butt, working out, staying active. He looks like he's got more energy, can work out longer, even has plenty of that energy left over for his grandkids, and he did this by making one change. He said that he still feels like he's in his 50s. His wife even started doing this thing too. She's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger, her body looks leaner, has energy all day, and Chuck's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their health. Staying active is important. Moving around keeps you feeling good. Making sure that you take care of your gut health, your digestion, just overall, is also very important. Right now, you can go to mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Watch Chuck's video right now. That's mymorningkick.com slash Fightful. Check out what Chuck Norris has to say. What's got him feeling so good these days? He explains everything, and you won't believe how simple it is. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What up, Fightful friends and family, and welcome to this holiday pre-taped edition of Fightful Wrestling Roundtable. So let's start here. I want to end on a high note, but that means like, you know, in terms of patterning, we got to start with one of the low points of 2023. I got to say, as much as I feel like we're still feeling the repercussions of it on Twitter, I am happy that we have, for the most part, moved on from the drama that was CM Punk and All Elite Wrestling in 2023. Um, Cam, I know this is one of the ones you highlighted when you sent me your list. There was so much to sort of sift through in the immediacy of it all. But now that, you know, AEW seems to be on a steady course, CM Punk seems to have good plans ahead for him in the WWE. Looking back on it, what do you take the most from all the drama that we saw over the summer and earlier in the year? Biggest thing is like sometimes people don't get along at work, and, and Alex, we treat wrestling like this thing that is. And granted, it's it's grandiose and it's extreme, and it is some of the wildest personalities you ever you'll ever meet. But at the end of the day, it's a job, and a guy came into a job. People with good positions in the job didn't like the guy, and so um, I think what we really saw. The crazy part is like. We've all been in a situation where we watched somebody kind of pick and prod at another person and wait for them to react. Then the reaction was physical. And the person who was picking and prodding was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Didn't expect that, right? Um, and, and so I never really approached it from a place of like right or wrong. It was more a, a, a clash in personalities. But the reason that I put it on the worst list is because I think that you know, doing what the four of us do, and by extension, you know, our peers and colleagues, they treated it like something other than it being a work beef. It was, I have to side with this person because they support X, or I have to side with this person because they would never do Y. And I was like, what are we doing? Um, it just brought out the worst in so many people and parties. Um, I do think that, like from a personal standpoint, um, I tend to 
empathize more with person who was being picked at and reacted. But it's in no way me saying there was somebody who was right or wrong. It just really brought out the worst in a lot of people who had to have an opinion or a stance on it. Um, but like you said, I think we're kind of in the clear of it um, for the most part. I still think that CM Punk being part of AEW, at least a show like Collision, I think was perfect for what he represented and what he wanted. I think that it personally put a lot of people I wanted to see in a good position in a good position. And I hate that because people couldn't get along at work. Um, now we're in a situation where that thing might never be what it could have been. Do you think it was at all preventable or was this sort of inevitable based on the circumstances? I think when you don't have a system of checks and balances where everything starts and stops with one person in charge or a few people in charge who are not also active talent, I think that you can't prevent things like this um, because people have roles where they're going to carry weight. Um, no, I, I do not think this was preventable because, again, who knows who started whatever, but when y'all just don't like each other at work and one of you is actively in a position to ruin somebody else's work day, <laughs> it can't work. I, I do not think this thing was going to work out. And I, again, I, I wish it could have because it, it's like, while I say it couldn't have worked, it's also silly. I go to work every day with people I don't, I don't like. And we can still do the job and get it done. Anyone it in particular, Cam? No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry? No, never mind. Anyone in particular? <laughs> <laughs> but listen, even even on the um even on the creative side, yeah. like like even working for the outlets that I work at, there are people who I like genuinely do not like and do not like me. Um, and does it flare up every now and again? Sure, we go about that business because we are building to me. Um, and this is always my thing with, with any outlet I've worked at, we are building something. Mm -hmm. um, it is important for us to not even show unity with one another, but to have an understanding that us going back and forth in no way benefits what we're trying to create. Totally. And so, yeah, I think it could have been prevented in the sense of if we was all trying to get this money, but I think the power dynamics were, were too off. Um, people who have sway decided this is somebody we don't like and so even people who don't have sway will kind of take up um their side in order to put themselves in a better position ella what to you was sort of the single biggest misfortune of everything that happened between punk and the various talented aew just the, the layers and layers of uh confusion like in in the reporting you know oh. and, and shout out to everybody you know who was trying to make sense of everything because as cam kind of alluded to there was you know so many different layers to this of people uh, reportedly getting kicked out of locker rooms causing a divide within the locker room i feel like like cam said there needs to be like a checks and balances thing but you know i f really feel and in, in punk is somebody who got me into wrestling so it was all like very bittersweet to hear all of this i want to root for him but then there's all of this you know drama and um i don't uh, uncomfortability surrounding it you know um I don't know if there's one single thing. It's, there's just a lot of layers um, that really were, were troublesome. It just seemed like it was a never ending thing. Even with Punk coming back, you know, to to kind of charge, lead the charge for collision. It seemed even then, even if there was a, 
unconfirmed brand split, uh, you know, a slight brand split, even then the issues didn't stop from there. You know, it just seemed like there was never going to be a way to prevent this, as Cam said, which I think is the most unfortunate thing, you know, and part of it is people don't like each other. A part of it is personalities clashing, but also a big part of it too was, I don't think there's really been a, a true checks and balances system of, you know, this is the solution for this because a lot of stuff has happened. Alex, all in all, now, Alex, in the spirit of the holidays, I gotta say, I, I, I hand it out to you, way, I dish it out way more than I receive, and I am sorry. And you can't see me, so like every time I'm making a weird face or something on camera for the audience, I'm, what have, I, what have you done to deserve this is, is really the, much like, okay, look, I am the much, you know, say what you will about the reporting, I don't know if CM Punk was the aggressor or not. I've been the aggressor in this relationship, so I want to take a moment and apologize for everything that you've had to put up with for these last few months. And now, look, if someone could have done that in the AEW locker room, maybe we wouldn't have been here. Alex, all in all, was the CM Punk experience in AEW a net positive or a negative? Oh, uh, overall, Punk being in AEW <clears throat> is positive. You know, there was a lot of, when he came back in 2021, uh, there were a lot of fans that did come back to watch wrestling and discovered AEW, and I'm sure a lot of people stayed because they discovered uh, new favorite wrestlers, right? Um, I think overall his impact and his influence has definitely existed in AEW. Um, I'd like to think that AEW or Punk's AEW run was a love letter to his startup days, his indie days, right? He referenced mm -hmm. a lot of Ring of Honor. Uh, and that's something that he probably couldn't have done now that he's in WWE. Um, and that was really for the hardcore fans that stuck with him like day one. And I think that's a positive note because a lot of people in the roster of AEW looked up to that version of Punk. Um, but when it came to this year, it was the summer of drama is what it was yeah. it wasn't the summer of punk it was the summer of drama and i think there was a lot that contribute to that and i agree with what cam and ella are saying where it wasn't you couldn't have stopped what was eventually going to happen the avalanche of what was going to happen and it's kind it's a little unfortunate that now when we look back <coughs> to the weekend of all in it's slightly overshadowed with mm. the drama instead of actually mm. celebrating such a successful uh event for a new company you know uh newish company to succeed across the waters but um overall i i do think that there was positives in uh punk's run in AEW. were there negatives yes but i think when it comes to the fan experience i think it's more balanced with positives and i the one thing that personally slightly was tiring about the drama of CM Punk was whether or not if it was a work or a shoot or a work and a shoot. And I think that a lot of people didn't, again, comprehend that some people just don't get along with each other and that's okay. Some people just are not going to see eye to eye, especially when it comes to creative, um, especially when it comes to performance. I went to theater school and listen, we were all catty and we were all petty. And that is, you know, that's going to be something that happens in wrestling, whether it is our business or not. Um, but 
it was, let me, let me tell you, it was a fun summer to just sit back, relax, eat some popcorn and enjoy a little bit of the drama. That's for sure. But yeah, I don't know. I think overall punk in AEW, it was a positive. Um, I think the good things do outweigh the bad. Well, and let me say, there is nothing in pro wrestling that brings me just like childhood joy, like a big crowd pop. And I will never stop singing. Look, if you're one of those fans who's like, oh, I told you CM Punk would return to Survivor Series. Guys, you're taking a 50-50 shot in the dark there. But as far as actual reported confirmed information, the fact that Punk's return was kept under lock until moments, like quite literally what SRS put out the tweet two minutes before Punk walked out, that the backstage had been cleared out, CM Punk was arriving, Triple H had manned the production room, they even got the logo, you know, kind of putting a close Survivor Series. The fact that they pulled off that surprise, I cannot tell you. I promised my wife on her honeymoon I would do nothing work-related. But in the hills of Vietnam, I was just watching CM Punk's entrance on loop for about 15 minutes. So, uh, you know, I talked to Punk a few years ago when he had signed with AEW uh, to promote Heels. And he had sort of expressed that for him... That show was a bit of like an intermediary step to warming him back up to the possibility of wrestling. I have really high hopes for the CM Punk WWE run. Would I like to see the AEW run play out differently? A hundred percent. But if AEW, I have such high hopes that AEW has learned a lesson and it looks like we're going full steam ahead with Swerve Strickland. What a year the guy has had. I mean, the some your 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 sort of mileage might guys um moving on to our best of the year one of the three best moments of the year as sort of collectively discussed by the group in advance remarkable year it's been for swerve strickland and i have high hopes that he'll be heading into the continental classic finals at world's end and it seems like we're basically on the verge of him getting a world title. Cam, I'll go back to you first since you're one of the people who really highlighted this. Can you kind of put into context what it means to see the breakout year that Swerve has had? Yeah. Um, so kind of a like with, with most wrestlers, I kind of have this thing where there's kind of a statement or a a policy or a mantra or just something I kind of attach to him. And I was uh, I was having brunch with uh, Ricky Starks a couple of years ago. And this is kind of when Swerve kind of first came into the fold. And I look at Rick and I tell him, I said, it doesn't matter what the gimmick is because the wrestling is so good. Like, they're going to figure out what to do with him. But Swerve's wrestling is so good and so unique that once they find what what he needs to be gimmick wise and presentation wise it's just going to work and i've kind of held on to that you know since uh the NXT days because he, he just it's so hard to be unique in wrestling um i know uh you know Booker T one of the most unique in-ring guys ever was like look there's no new moves in wrestling it's about how you do them and how you make them stand out. I think Swerve does an amazing job of that. And so it was never a question of that, but we've watched over the last three or four years, this kind of 
you know, hip hop artist, um, creative thing kind of finally reach its form with the Mogul Embassy. Um, and, and even in, you know, in AEW, it took a while to figure out exactly what that was supposed to be and how it was supposed to look. And I think they finally mastered that. So as soon as that caught up to the wrestling, we were good. Swerve has a unique look. He has a unique style. Um, I think that he's really finding himself on the microphone as far as being assertive. Um, because to be the type of heel he is, you have to be assertive. I think that, you know, like the, the real gangland stuff he was doing with like Nick Wayne um, and Darby Allen was good. And then, you know, um, I think Swerve compared and, you know, wrestlers have to kind of boost up the thing that they do to another level. Swerve was comparing him and Hangman's feud to Austin and Rock. And somebody tweeted me like that. And I was like, listen, now, respectfully, I think it's way closer to a Rock and Triple H coming up around the Intercontinental title time. Now, listen, I don't think Swerve's going to be uh, TNT champion or uh, any of that before he's world champion. But like, I think it's the same in that you have people who are still relatively new to the wrestling audience um, in general, but are really like restoring that feeling of the next guys coming up. Um, that match, like you said, was brutal. I thought that, uh, you know, I was a fan, even though I'm not deathmatch guy, I thought it was effective because that was the story you were telling. That was what was being presented. These guys were supposed to hate each other. That's what you do when you hate each other. Um, but again, sort of carries himself like a star. Um, not just a competent act. And listen, there are stars of varying levels all throughout AEW, but a lot of those stars in AEW are stars because of wrestling, are stars because of what happens between those bells. Um, I think Swerve has the, the chance to be a star because he's speaking truth to power. Um, and, and when he's around, when you see him, it's a different feeling. Alex? I agree with everything that Cam says. And especially when it comes to um, what you said about how you can't make new moves now, right? And it depends on how you deliver them in the ring. And there, when Swerve is in the ring and that and the bell is rung, there's just this element about him that is easy to attach to and when he speaks to me it's very eerie and i think that's i love that because it reminds me of the elements of how jake the snake used to deliver his promos or like how mcfoley used to deliver his promos and it's very similar but it is within his own niche it's in within his own style and I think that's why Swerve has broke out so immensely throughout this entire year. And it definitely does help that he has a fantastic feud with Adam Page, but I think Hangman is doing an incredible job. And this, what I'm about to say is no disrespect to him because I think that he is a very important component to it. But I think that Swerve slightly carries it in a way just because this is an exciting figure to watch now on wrestling and especially in AEW. He's very different on the roster. And with Swerve, that Texas Deathmatch was so brutal, but that year's time 
moving forward, that's a match that you would show people of how different AEW is compared to a lot of other things. And I almost look at that match the way that now I look at the Hell in a Cell match with Taker and, and Foley, right? That's something that was so incredibly brutal, but it's something that you're going to attach yourself to. It's something that you're going to remember. Now, like years later, fans are old, like fans that grew up with that are like, oh man, I remember that match. And now that's this match for this generation. And I think that again, Hangman, fantastic job. But the things that Swerve was doing, like entering his home and like making it about like his family and everything, anyone can do that. But it's the way that Swerve carries it and again brings that to real life to the forefront. It's something that I think is just his style is something that I don't think a lot of people have these days. And I think the way that he portrays himself in a production standpoint on television is something that you can't teach and swerve has always had it i remember watching him in queens in brooklyn uh way before he was signed to wwe i believe it was when he wrestled and involved i think so but there was just something about him that when you saw him like he's always had it like there's just something about him that you just knew that he was going to be a star and i'm so happy that it's playing it out now in a different company where he is going to be a megastar and we are going to see him become a world champion i would hope in the next year i don't know but within due time i think that he's going to be a megastar and i think he already is a megastar um and i just i love what he's been doing this year and he definitely is if there's going to be a breakout star award it's he's going to be the winner in my eyes Ella, I'd like your prediction on this before we move on. Who is going to dethrone MJF for the world title? Is it going to be Adam Cole, Swerve Strickland, or whoever's under the devil's mask? Man, it depends who's under that devil's mask, though. I've if, never been more it's... like conflicted on a story. There's weeks where I'm absolutely obsessed with the devil storyline and weeks where it's just like the corniest thing in pro wrestling. But... If, it, if it's Jack Perry under that devil's mask, then no, I do not believe it'll be um, Jack Perry dethroning um, MJF. Oh, that's such a tough question. I don't think it'll be Samoa Joe. I mean, it, it very much could be Adam Cole, you know? I feel like, you know, Adam has now gotten an injury trying to save MJF and, and kind of have that fueled right there. And also, uh, MJF beat Adam Cole at All In, so he kind of has that fuel. Maybe part of it is Adam is aligned with the devil. Um, but as of right now, I would say out of kind of the options floating around, I would say Adam Cole is the most convincing for me. Well, you know, as we're seeing in the WWE, it's only a good problem to have when there are multiple viable challengers for the world champion. So even if it sort of slows down someone's progress to the top of the mountain, so long as there's a healthy balance of those talent, it's good things for the company. Let's move on to another down. Unfortunately, Ella, you had to remind me of this right before the holidays. Um, Sorry. What was your sort of immediate reaction when the news came through Triple H's Twitter that Bray Wyatt had passed? I will forever remember this day because I was working, you know, a writing shift that day. And then I saw the news. I was like in between articles and then I go see and then Triple H and then about Mike Rotunda informing him that Bray Wyatt uh, had passed away. 
And it was just like, I just sat in like disbelief, you know, I was like, just, just, just empty. Like, but also I had to write, you had to write, uh, you know, multiple stories over the next like week about him passing away, people remembering him. That was also on the, you know, on the right after Terry Funk passing away. So it was, it was a very somber feeling, you know, as a person, you know, um, watching Bray Wyatt growing up and then also Terry Funk added in and then having to kind of put that sadness aside and try and be a professional and, and write about it. You know, there was all these happy memories, but it was very somber and really just, I'm still in, in disbelief. You know, he had this amazing comeback last year at, at extreme rules. He came back, you know, um, with, with uh, the puzzles that were going on and all of that, he came back, you know, he had the match at Royal rumble. We thought he was going to go into this feud against Bobby Lashley. Obviously that didn't happen. We thought it was some like sickness, Little did we know, you know, that, you know, COVID and, and a heart problem, I think it was, you know, would be, you know, the nail in his coffin. And so it's just really sad. And I'm still in in disbelief. It wasn't even a wrestling related injury at all. Mm. It was, you know, the ongoing remnants from the pandemic. And it was really scary. And I, I, I'm still in disbelief, even like saying it. Alex, what were you most excited about? regarding Bray Wyatt's return and the run that he was sort of only in the beginning steps of embarking on after returning to the promotion. Well, what I was looking forward to the most was just seeing his artistry back in wrestling. Um, I, I think with Bray Wyatt, the fiend, it was such a unique, um, character in professional wrestling especially in the last several years maybe in the last decade in wrestling and yeah I was I was mostly looking forward to just seeing his growth and I I loved what he did with the the funhouse um stuff and even like the match at Wrestlemania with him and John Cena the cinematic match um, so I was looking forward to seeing more of that, obviously. Um, and just, he's, he's, he's a special talent that anything that they give him, you know, it's hard for a lot of people to do this, but everything that he give that they gave him, you know, he excelled in. Yeah. There were some moments with the fiend that weren't great, but looking back at it, it, it was still again, just to admire his, work ethic and admire how much of a unique mind he is in wrestling um yeah and it's very unfortunate what happened in his passing um but now i when i look back into this year just to know like how special he was in the world of wrestling and how it extended past WWE, right? Mm -hmm. um, even in AEW from like the armbands with his name on it. And even with uh, Swerve, you know, paying tribute with his gear at Full Gear. House of um, Black which with was the like, Lantern. Yes, House of Black with the Lantern. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, that's definitely, it is the worst thing that happened in in wrestling but i'll again i try to look at the positives and i think that's a huge positive to see how much of an impact he had 
on fans, but definitely on the the rest of, you know, his colleagues, his peers, especially. Um, and again, no matter where it was. And I feel like it was the first time that a lot of maybe fans just put their guards down in terms of tribalism, mm. you know, and it's difficult that it had to be that way. But it's also again, it's it was beautiful to see the tribute that he's had again outside of WWE, even to like indies and um yeah, he was a he was a figure and I think he was a character he was a really good talent and character that a lot of people looked up to. Um and yeah, it still makes me sad. And a, I remember the day when I found out it, I I hate and this is the thing that I hate about Twitter, I hate that I had to double check if it was a fake account <coughs> yeah. that tweeted it out with uh triple h but um unfortunately it wasn't and um yeah it was it was tough and again he was very young and he had such a bright future but i'm i'm just i'm happy that we celebrated him this year and we'll continue to celebrate him this year especially since now he's uh signed on to the legends contract mm -hmm. and you know they're really taking care of his family and i i always think that's great especially in wrestling sometimes you know um from all the dark side of the ring episodes that we've watched it's nice that we're moving forward with taking care of uh the family um and his legacy Cam, I've got a lot of respect for your storytelling, so I would like to ask you, I think a lot of the fans who've been watching the product know how special Bray Wyatt is, but if you were to sort of tell a fan who comes into this in 10 or 20 years why Bray was so important and what made his death such a difficult pill for fans to swallow, what would you tell them? I actually, we would actually have a really good anecdote. So um, we were at the, uh, the Royal Rumble press conference. I think Ella was there, I think. Yes. Um, yeah, we were at the Royal Rumble press conference and, you know, he's, this is after his match with LA Knight, the Mountain Dew pitch black match. And you could just really see a kind of a weight off his shoulders being able to put his creation to life again. Right. Um, there, there was a, there was a calmness to him. There was an appreciation for the moment. Um, but that's not the story. The story is this, um, before uh, Crown Jewel this year, I um, got to interview LA Knight. And one of the things we talk about, uh, we talked about was him kind of reflecting on that time in that match. Um, it was really interesting. He was like, well, it's not really something that I sit with. Um, I do understand its importance. I understand that with Ray returning, um, you know, that was me getting to be creative, him getting to be creative, me really getting to solidify my character. And he says, well, you know, this is kind of how I feel, you know, whether it came through and translated or not. And so I kind of stopped. Um, and what I told him was this. We were in the press box and the people in the press box were not big fans of the match. But right outside the press box, there's a bunch of kids who are watching it. And those little kids were going crazy. And, you know, they're they're yelling during the match. They're wondering if Uncle Howdy is okay after the match. And I told LA Knight, that's how you know it worked. Like, like whatever the internet says about that match, it, it don't matter. Because we saw um, through translation, we saw through merch sales, we saw through reaction, we saw through signs in the crowd, 
this was something that the people loved, you know, people who don't um, necessarily trade in the things that we do. They absolutely loved it. And the kids loved it. And so, you know, it lets me know that at the end of the day, this is for people who find joy in things that are special. Mm -hmm. And he was absolutely special and his mind was special, you know? So um, from a selfish standpoint, it's so unfortunate that somebody who touched people like that isn't around anymore. And again, love to his family, love to, you know, his, um, love to his legacy, love to the people that he touched um, and love to him, man. So young to be gone so early. There was clearly a lot more that he had to give. His peers saw that, the fans saw that. Um, and yeah, it's just, um, it's it's great that even if it was his last real match, his last big moment, um, you know, me as somebody who does the thing that, that we do for a living, my lasting memory of it is, man, the kids were so invested in this. And I don't think it gets any better than that. Well, that well, took the right guy for today's roundtable. Thank you for that, Andrew <laughs> Cam. Um, Alex, I think you may share in my enthusiasm here, Gunther, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus at WrestleMania 39 was insane. One of the best matches of the year. I mean, people are calling it possibly, in terms of in-ring action, the greatest match in WrestleMania history. The Intercontinental title this year has had a renaissance like nothing else. It feels as close as it ever has to what make that title so beloved in the eyes of fans and talent because for a long time it was sort of the step as as cam mentioned with triple h and the rock the step towards the world title if you were trusted with that intercontinental belt it meant that the promotion had big things in store for you more often than not and it's been a long long time since the intercontinental title has carried that essence with it you've got to credit gunther for putting together the run, a record-breaking run that necessitates that sort of gravity around the title, but also the people behind the scenes. And, you know, there's, there's a question I've always wanted to ask Triple H, but I think I know the answer. As a guy who's seen the value of that title, I imagine he played... I imagine it was a big priority for him to return that title to its former glory because the Intercontinental title is like every fan's favorite championship in pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. There's so much to dig into. Um, Alex, we'll start with you on this one. What stands out the most from Gunther's run as Intercontinental Champion across 2023? Oh, boy. Um, I mean, his matches. Like, his, his definitely, like you said, that WrestleMania match is quite possibly match of the year, for sure. Um, I think... There is something about Gunther, even from what we saw when he was like in progress wrestling, there was always something special about Gunther. I'll never forget when I was, it was WrestleMania weekend in New Orleans and it was Joey Janela's spring break and he had that match against PCO and just their chests were purple. And I was like, I that was the first time I heard about Walter or Gunther at that time. And I was like, who is this guy? Like, I he's he's big, he's strong. I don't know who this is. Um, and there's just something about him that isn't, you know, the cookie cutter big guy, you know? Uh he he's he's just within his own element. And I I think that for a very long time, 
the Intercontinental Championship, especially after the redesign, was sort of, I hate to say it because I don't want to sound too harsh, but it almost felt like a bench warmer a little mm -hmm. bit. And it wasn't like a bench warming thing where, again, uh, you know, back in the day when we saw newer, younger talent hold that title, you know they were going to be the next big star. And for a very long time, that title was not it. And um, now that he's been holding it and he's been setting records, breaking records, um, it feels like that again. And I think that he rejuvenated the title um, again within his quality of matches. I think within the quality of, you know, Imperium, it feels important again. And that definitely has a lot to do with, you know, how they're booking him and everyone that's working behind the scenes. But I think that he has redefined uh, the definition of the wrestler makes the title, the mm -hmm. title doesn't make the wrestler. Mm -hmm. And he's a perfect example for that. And I think going into 2024, uh, we are gonna see him move up to that main title scene but it's also weird to think that i don't want him to and i want to see how far he goes with this mm -hmm. title um but again like that's that's all him and kudos to him because i think that it is very hard sometimes when you are an exceptional talent to elevate a title that is so historic and beloved the way that the intercontinental title is and it has again it's been a long time since that title has felt important again and he accomplished that and beyond this year well and, and we won't have time to get to it today but sort of further adding to the evidence of the wrestler makes the title what the run that christian cage has been on is inspiring if nothing else to prove that like it does not matter what age you are. Uh, you always have the ability when the opportunity strikes to put forward the be your best foot and, and do some of the most spectacular stuff of your career. So the way Christian Cage has sort of taken the TNT title, which had been hot potatoed like six feet under and just made it feel as important, maybe not from a bell to bell perspective, but in terms of sort of entertainment value and gravitas, like he has really made that TNT title feel important again. Um, Cam, I know this was one of your top moments of the year, particularly him breaking Honky Tonk's, uh, Honky Tonk Man's record. What do you take away most from Gunther's reign as Intercontinental Champion? I think what's been great, um, <laughs> we, we do this thing where either AEW good, WWE bad, or WWE good, AEW bad. They just ask Gunther, um, you know, what's kind of been the most important feud for him since he's been in WWE. And he said, The Miz. <laughs> he immediately was like, yo, The Miz. And I was like, oh, that, that's going to hit all the right people in, yeah. in the right places. <laughs> um, I, I think it's been, he's a truth to power guy, man. He really is a truth to power guy. Um, I think I tweeted uh, Monday, like nobody else can have a back and forth match where it, you know it's back and forth, but it also looks like he beat the shit out of the other guy. Like, it, it's a unique skill that only he has. Um, I, I, I guess my, my favorite part is probably the Chad Gable stuff. I'm a really big Chad Gable fan. Mm -hmm. and, and watching him be able to, like, again, he can sell, 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 
while still looking like the guy. Um, just carries himself like a super professional, is not afraid to show like just a little ass when it's time, but is dominant. Um, so that the stuff that Chad gave him on Raw is probably my favorite like individual path. But man, when those USA chants started up uh, when he was facing The Miz and he made fun of them people and they shut up immediately, he, he's so good. It's been an amazing year for him. Um, salute to Gunther. It can only go up from here. Looks like he has a great head on his shoulders, a great support system, and wants to be great and wants to make others great around him. He's fantastic. He really is. Ella, how high are you putting Gunther in sort of your wrestler of the year for 2023? He is very high up there, too. And I think another point, you know, in addition to obviously his successful title defenses and, you know, this lengthy reign in history-making reign he's run, but... Corey Graves put it a couple months ago, you know, along the way to, you know, Gunther is this brooding, very serious wrestler. We all know he's great in the ring, but he's also very serious. But it's also because he's so good that the people have realized that they actually respect and enjoy watching him. The people can't, he's slowly been budding a popularity for himself, you know, kind of like a, a Mr. Perfect has where you want to hate him, but you can't because he is that good. So you respect him at some level, even if you can't really, you know, relate to the whole serious thing, you recognize and respect that he is so good. And so that's why people have been starting to cheer him a little bit, you know, lately in the last couple of months, specifically, I think really starting at that Chad Gable feud, you know, um, I know they got, um, they got a standing ovation backstage, you know. I definitely agree, though. Gunther is definitely uh, in the conversation for wrestler of the year he's been very consistent in his title defenses he's had, you know, even if you didn't think that uh, certain people maybe stood a chance, you know, against him, maybe you knew Gunther was winning, you know, um, he's so good at making his opponents and his opponents credit to his opponents too, like a Chad Gable and a Miz, it made you believe for a second, you know, that maybe this could actually be the time Gunther gets dethroned. And, you know, that's credit to not only Gunther, but his opponents that have been put in his path along the way. As we wrap up here, you know it is an expensive time of the year, arguably the most expensive time of the year. Val Val I got to say, though, Valentine's Day is just an absolute trap. Uh, but I'll give, you know, at least I'm kind of a Christmas guy, so... <laughs> Coming off the honeymoon, I'm sure my wife will be thrilled to hear that. Uh, listen, we got to help the Fightful staff fill up those stocking stuffers this year. So my guy SRS has something. I'm sure he's trying to pitch you. Hey guys, I'm here to tell you about BetOnline.ag, the official betting partner of Fightful. It's not just an online platform. They've been trusted for over 25 years. They boast a focus on the player approach and have built their reputation on offering their clients nothing but the best. From cutting edge technology to enticing promotions and the latest sports betting odds. Whether it be wrestling, MMA, boxing, or football, baseball, basketball, or racing, anything you can think of, all major sporting events are covered by betonline.ag. Fast payouts, highest credit card acceptance industry-wide, safe and secure online environments, and their live betting feature allows you to bet on your favorites weekly and easily and in real time. Betonline.ag. That's where we're going at Fightful. That's where we suggest you go as well. That's where we get all of our odds at. Betonline.ag. Only bet what you can and please bet responsibly. 
Well, I gotta say, in the Christmas spirit, Alex, Cam, Ella, I I'm really appreciative of how even when we talk about things like CM Punk and AEW or the passing of Bray Wyatt, we've really been able to sort of highlight um, the emotional good in it or, you know, sort of the silver lining in these sort of things. I have a feeling we're going to have a bit of a tough time threading a silver lining in this last one. Probably the one that came up the most when you guys sent in your list for the worst moments of 2023, and it's why we have it. Not long after that scathing dark side of the ring expose on some of uh, Ric Flair's transgressions, we'll call them. Probably call them a lot worse things. The man shows up on AEW programming. I gotta say, I understand why you might feel compelled to do that for Sting and Sting's sort of career loyalty to Ric Flair. I'll put my personal feelings on that aside for a second. The fact that Tony Khan, not long before, was out here just, just dragging Hulk Hogan through the mud um, for some of the things he's been alleged of doing in the past, it just came off as incredibly tone deaf. Alex and also yeah, and Alex. also Vince McMahon dragging yeah. Vince McMahon, you know, right before and and, and rightfully so dragging Vince McMahon uh, leading up to that uh, Tuesday night <laughs> war. But go on, yeah. Ella, pop off, girl. What was your reaction to seeing Ric Flair on AEW Dynamite? I mean, I can't say I'm surprised. Like you said, you know, everything aside, you know, it makes sense storyline wise with Sting and, and their history and all that Sting wrapping up his career. Sting probably wanted uh, Flair there. Um, but like like you also said, you know, before that, Tony Khan, what, a month before Maybe a couple weeks before, you know, tweeting about uh, alluding to Vince McMahon's, you know, uh, lawsuits, you know, revolving around, you know, all the all, we don't need, I don't even want to go down the list of it. But similar stuff that Flair has also been accused of in lawsuits that he's also dealt with. I didn't think it was a good look at all, you know, regardless of if it makes sense storyline wise. I don't think that's a good look at all for the company and it, it makes i don't know how people feel backstage about it but it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable like watching it honestly like knowing all of that and especially after the dark side of the ring um so in that aspect it's very disappointing i love i love tk's little uh like semi gentle subtle backtrack of oh I, rick's really paying to be here through a sponsorship with uh woo energy i gotta say though um Perhaps the king of unwanted surprises, Ric Flair. I mean, just delivered another one to the fans. Alex, how, I guess, how do you feel about how Rick has been utilized since? Because it's been very scarce, but even when he hops on to programming like Rampage, he seems to just absolutely do the most uh, unpopular, inappropriate Ric Flair things. It's so stupid. It's it's so so stupid because it's like I don't even know where to begin. It's such an eyesore to see him on on screen. And sure, everyone can argue he's a legend. He's done so much for the for the business. <coughs> whatever. Like, sure, whatever. And you know, it's it's undeniable. Unfortunately, that he is going to be. Um, 
very popular in the mainstream aspect of it all, right? Uh, like even Iron Claw, he's he's a part of it. He's in it. You know, like that's undeniable to, you know, recognize what he has done to the business. Um, and, and like historical, within, you know, with that at least yeah. there's some like historical context. Yeah, and like transcending within pop culture, especially uh, in this generation in this decade but it uh, there's no value in him being on television anymore it there there just isn't and i understand uh him being a part of the sting retirement celebration sure but to sign him for a multi-year contract in aew when homeboy does not even have multi-years left in him is insane um and unnecessary and i think it's really just a i think it's it's a weird flex honestly i think it's maybe a talking point of like oh look we've signed rick flair who's a legend and there's plenty of other <coughs> legends that you can have uh in that position not so much in terms of like again the sting retirement stuff i totally understand about it but i just think um I just remember how can I say this gently? Um you don't you don't you don't have of, to say it gently. I, yeah. And I'm not. So <laughs> there's a lot of people that do not see Ric Flair as an important how can I say this? Ric Flair means nothing to a lot of people that love wrestling, that know their stuff about wrestling that are passionate fans of wrestling and they do not care about him and they do not want to see him on screen and i know that there were some people uh in media that said you know if we had the opportunity to interview rick flair we would jump on it because that is that is unfortunately easy views easy clicks and all that stuff and i 1000% disagree i was at new york comic con this year and i had a friend that was working with him and she texted me to come to the booth and I thought it was just to say hello to her because I had not seen her in a while. And, uh, she was like, no, I thought like I'd help you out to get some content with like Ric Flair. And I said, no, thank you. I don't want it. Which is that popular story behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it's, it's just like, I didn't want it. And I think that's okay. And when I approach, you know, my love in, in wrestling. Yeah. I kudos to the legends, but that is someone that, you know, we try to push out the abusers and the predators in wrestling. And yet we are still platforming someone like this, especially in wrestling. If, you know, I think it was solely well in wrestling, you know, with the dark side of the ring episode that came out and then what happened, uh, within the movement of, you know, speaking out and even in the movement outside of the wrestling bubble of me too, um, I, it's, it just seems so very hypocritical when we talk about getting these predators out of wrestling and, and making wrestling a better place and a safer place. And even with Tony Khan, you know, uh, talking about Vince McMahon and his allegations in which sure he was in the right, but he looks really stupid to have Ric Flair to have Ric Flair on TV is one thing, but then to sign him. And then backtrack and say like, oh, well, Ric Flair's paying us, which is even sillier. Um, it was just the worst. And again, it's it's a new generation of wrestling. It's a new 
uh, era in wrestling and within wrestling fandom where he's just not a necessary figure uh, in my eyes. And that is my opinion in my eyes. He's just not. And I would be very happy to never see him ever again, which is not a reality because again, he's very popular within pop culture. He's very popular within mainstream, but it, again, I just, that's, I don't know what else to say other than, than that. It, I, it just, it makes my skin crawl a little bit and it makes me cringe to think that we're still platforming him after everything that's been confirmed. Well, Alex, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, if if Rick is that important to Sting, like sit him down ringside for the retirement match. Like, I don't know what net benefit beyond apparently some sponsorship money for AEW there is in having him be on TV. And now, if my experience with senior citizens has taught me anything is like, at some point, it's a bit of a lost cause in trying to get them to change their perspective on things. But that isn't my problem to deal with, you know, unless it's my sweet, darling grandmother. What really sticks out to me about this is... Now, I don't know how much the internet... <laughs> to be fair, I don't think the internet is an accurate reflection of people in day-to-day life. But mm-hmm. I do think the world could use less witch hunting and more giving people the information, the opportunity to change their perspective, to not just apologize, but then to act on it and better themselves. And I think one of the best examples that has come out of pro wrestling in the last several years was the late Jay Briscoe. You know, there were reports that the Briscoe brothers might be headed to the uh, WWE at some point, and then also... There was supposed to be an AEW run, which was sort of sidelined by resurfaced homophobic statements that Jay Briscoe had made. But you talk to anyone and you will learn that Jay not only apologized for those statements, but really, really took it upon himself to engage with LGBTQ plus people, to welcome them, to take the initiative and apologize when he would meet people. And it seemed like he really took to heart what he said, and he made a conscious effort to change things. Bro, if Ric Flair's, if, you know, uh, since cut Rampage segment says anything, is he hasn't changed. And so I don't know why we're still here doing this. Cam, uh, before we end on a positive note, I know this was on your list too. Uh, what do you sort of make about this whole AEW Ric Flair relationship? I don't think anybody with a billion dollars actually knows what people want. I don't think so. Like, if you make a million, like a billion dollars selling chicken nuggets, then you're like, no, yeah, they want chicken nuggets because I've been selling chicken nuggets. But I mean, like, style-wise, taste-wise, in this case, story-wise, presentation-wise, or personnel-wise, I don't think that Tony Khan has an accurate idea of what people actually want to see. Um, I think it's the same thing for like a Vince McMahon. Like even though Triple H is kind of in charge of a thing like that, it's a little bit different him having done it for so long on the talent side. But Mm -hmm. I guess my point is this. I think that sometimes Tony Khan specifically wants to be internet darling champion of the social media people. But I think he wants to do it when it's convenient. 
You know what I mean? Like, it is so easy to say Hulk Hogan can't come into the building. It's so easy to say I'm I'm not caught up in those scandals like Vince McMahon is. But then you turn around and hire somebody who's in that exact situation and don't want questions on it. Like, and don't want to be taking a task on it. Um, and, and again, like, I just, when I started with The Ringer, um, I'm working through the interviews I want to do. And I presented AEW uh, communications with, like, I was like, yo, I think it's time to, to do the thing. Then I was referring to Sting. And they thought I meant, like, did you want to talk to Tony? I'm like, I don't want to talk to Tony. And again, it's not no disrespect. It's just Tony Khan has a billion dollars. What are me and Tony Khan going to talk about? You know, like, mm. like you you might be a great person with a fantastic soul. I don't got the time of day to get there. You know what I'm saying? I don't got the hours to figure that out. It's just such a disconnect. Um, and that's my biggest thing. Like, I think that when you create a space where, and whether it's him doing it on purpose or him doing it involuntarily, because again, I, I don't think he's like Voldemort. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, I, I was that a good reference? I've seen like one and a half Harry Potter movies. Anyway, um, I don't think he's was, evil big bad. Okay. He's not evil <laughs> big bad behind the scenes, right? Again, I just think that when you come from a life where there is no limit to the access you have to the world, I think that you don't see the world like everybody else. And so, you know, everybody's against AEW. We got to fight for AEW. Ain't that different than stand up for WWE when you think about it. Mm -hmm. And again, I just think that um, with the will he had built up, I just think that he just didn't think there would be pushback in bringing in a Ric Flair. Ric Flair has a history. Sting loves Ric Flair. Everybody loves Sting. Um, so just kind of through osmosis, like it was supposed to work out like that because of the transitive property and it ain't the case. Um, Ric Flair's issues and transgressions are very much at the forefront of everybody's mind. And Shaq, like you said, the Ric Flair that's being presented on screen is the Ric Flair that people take issue with. Yeah. Like if it was guy in Charlotte's corner, aside from Lacey Evans, maybe it would be different if he was really big uncle granddad Ric Flair, but that's not who he's presenting. He's been, who's <laughs> been, um, you know, who was an exaggerated version of the person that people take issue with. And I just think it was a bad call. Um, and there's really no, like it's here. It's going to happen. It's going to be there for at least another two, three months, and you just got to ride it out. But what it does is the people who are, I don't want to call them sheep, the people who are passionate enough to choose sides in a war between billionaires look really, really dumb, and you don't want the people supporting you financially to feel dumb. 100%. Now, uh, you guys can't see this. Speaking of the worst moments of 2023, if you see me just coughing up a storm on the side and fiddling with my ear i gotta i gotta this sinus infection is uh kicking my ass worse than gunther has kicked everybody's ass over the last year but we do have i said we're gonna end this on a high note and we are i kind of had to just amalgamate all this into one into one topic because there were as much as the bloodline can occasionally as any multi-year storyline is going to sort of hit dips and feel long at times, there have been so many emotional ups and standout moments from everyone that the bloodline has feuded with in various iterations over the past few years. So what I would like to do for this last one to send us home, um, 
I'm going to ask each of you, what is your single favorite moment involving the bloodline in 2023? Alex, we'll start with you. It was the first two months of this year from the Royal Rumble to Elimination Chamber with Sami Zayn. To see that finally play out um, was... It was very entertaining. I was very sports entertained. Uh, and I think it was, you know, Elimination Chamber was very emotional being in, you know, in in Canada with Sammy and even his wife being in ringside. But to see the dominant machine of Roman Reigns and to see that all play out. And I know that a lot of us were playing into it of like Sammy's going to be the one to dethrone him and even Cody being the one to dethrone him. Uh, and I think that within this year to have the conversation of when is Roman going to give it up? Like when is Roman going to lose it? Like that's, that's what I love about wrestling. I want to buy into the idea of Sammy Zayn is going to win this when in reality, He's not. Of course I know that. But in the moment of being a fan, in the moment of being entertained, I want to be let down. And I think that that is an element in this fandom that, you know, I want to play into it, right? When we're watching shows like uh, Breaking Bad, for example, yes, we want, you know, Heisenberg, right? Yeah. In Breaking Bad, we want him to you know, succeed, but eventually he's going to get caught, you know, and, and that's what I want. That's what I want in wrestling. That's how I am going to be sports entertained. That's how I buy into the story of it all. And even now we're still talking about like, who is going to be the one, what is going to uh, happen moving forward with the bloodline, you know, seeing Jay fall out with the rest of the crew and to see where he is now, now, you know, they're teasing with, with Jimmy and Solo, who's going to be the tribal heir. Like, I want to play into the fact that there is going to be a clash, you know, of of them maybe portraying, betraying Roman. And, um, and yeah, I that's, that's just some of the stuff that I loved about the bloodline. I loved giving in to the element of being delusional in watching the bloodline because that's what makes the story great and when we look back into it that's he is in the conversation like roman is in the conversation of being the mount rushmore within this <coughs> generation within the overall mount rushmore in wwe i mean he's about to pass or no did he pass hogan's that's next september that's next september I want to see that. I want to see him pass God, that number. No, Alex, please and, don't do this. I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see it. I'm. I. I want to. I want to continue being let down by Roman's opponents and see them lose because I want to see how far he can go. I. I liked it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what sticks out that that that. No, I promise them to be nice. Great idea, Alex. Great idea, Alex. Cam? You better be nice to me, yeah. okay? It's been 365 days. Of torture, you. you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I do this to you. Uh, Cam, what is your single biggest highlight from the bloodline in 2023? Oh, yeah. It's it's Jimmy being out of the bloodline. Jay saying, if you're out, then I'm out too. And kicking Roman on SmackDown. It's, it's a great Super kick. Um, taking away any, like, like, individual because because again like this is um you know i i 
interviewed Jay before Survivor Series, and he's in a great position, and he is so gracious to Roman and Paul and Sammy and the fans um, for the position he's in. But step away from Jay for a second. The most important thing that the Bloodline story has done, whenever this thing finishes, not only has Roman gone from main eventer, they tried to push back on like Cena, and he totally beat that. He beat that in real time, whereas Cena basically had to go away and learn a bunch of new moves and have a U.S. title run for him to really, really get his respect, right? Roman has done this thing in real time. So when you look at the individual acts that have been elevated to main event or world title or whatever you call it status, you got Roman right there at the top. You got Solo waiting there in the wings. I do think that Jimmy is a, a, a very good top-level heel, but you got Jay in the main event. You got Sammy in the main event. You got KO more solidified in the main event. You got Drew having a reason to be a brand new character in the main event. You got Cody as maybe the biggest star on that side. You got Seth Rollins as the anti-Roman defending that title at every turn. Like this, I, we've never seen anything like this to where when it's finished, you look up and there's six, seven, eight guys you can mm -hmm. say are legit. And matter of fact, you can even flip that. Rhea Ripley being ahead of the other faction on the show has been elevated by not having fear of the bloodline interacting with Paul Heyman. Like this thing has created more main eventers than any one storyline has ever in WWE. And it's not just based on length of time. It's based on the conviction that everybody has going through. Yes. This thing is different. Yes. Yes, actually, you know, I was going to give sort of my one and then my overall spiel. And it's very, you. I mean, you eloquated better than I ever could, Cam. But what really stands out to me is how, despite the story, for the most part, uh, Sammy and Jay specifically had um, deeper storylines and simply I want to win the world title. But even, even when the story was just I want to be champion, every person opposing Roman Reigns approached it from an angle that made it unique. Cody Rhodes finishing the story, winning the title that meant so much to his father, very like white meat baby face. LA Knight, for as short as it was, had some of my favorite interactions with Roman Reigns this year because he did not respect Roman. He sat at the head of the table. He put Roman Reigns on defense verbally on the mic. I think Seth Rollins, so many mind games, heart uh, Dude, him coming out with the vest and the shield music in the crowd, like the way it's allowed for everyone to take a very simple traditional pro wrestling structure and add really unique personal touches to the storytelling has absolutely blown my mind. As for the individual moment, dude, Sammy cracking Roman with the steel chair at uh, Royal Rumble just sent the crowd into a frenzy. Uh, the way that spun off into putting Jay and Sammy at odds was just great. And I love the story that they've told over the last six months with that. Ella, now that I'm done geeking out, please take us home. You know, I'm, I'm going to name a uh, follow-up example to be a little bit different, but Sammy cracking the chair over Roman's back kind of, I feel like exemplifies how I feel about this Roman Reigns title reign that is never ending. And I'm sorry, Alex, but I can't, I can't go another 10 months 
I really wow. can't, you know, um, I just me personally, you know, like Alex said, though, I have to agree with her on this, you know, the first kind of four months going in, you know, Sami Zayn turning on Roman Reigns, then you had Sammy and Roman going into elimination chamber in Sammy's hometown of Montreal, the hype surrounding Sammy. And even though Sammy lost, you know, it elevated to it elevated him to a point to where he didn't win the world title, but he did dethrone the Usos alongside Kevin Owens at WrestleMania on night one to win the undisputed WWE tag team championships. That part was great. You know, it elevated Sami Zayn, you know, LA night is now elevated and stuff like that. But, you know, after that loss, a Cody, Man, it just became super clear to me that this at the earliest is not ending until WrestleMania. So WrestleMania 40. So I feel like after Cody lost for me personally, it just felt like a depletion. It feels like we're just going to be going through the motions up until WrestleMania 40 in the off chance that Cody might be uh, Roman at Mania the second time. You know, so for me, it kind of felt like after Mania, it was going through the motions a little bit and Roman's not there half the time. Paul Heyman is always entertaining though. You know, I'm glad to see Jay Uso is now doing his own thing, but in regards to like uh, Jimmy solo and, and, and Roman, it just felt like filler content kind of, but I did, I did enjoy money in the bank. Jay Uso pinning Roman Reigns in a bloodline civil war tag team <laughs> yeah. match. It wasn't for the title, but that I think was huge. You know, it was a huge moment because Roman hadn't been pinned since December of 2019. So like two and a half years, that moment for me was huge after mania. But for me personally, after mania, it kind of just feels like filler content and I want to be tuned in and not to say that they're still creating great matches, but it just feels like going through the motions a little bit, you know? I, I, look, I just I want him. That's just to me. I'm sorry. I, I look. I, sorry, Alex. Go I was just gonna say. I just want Roman to erase that other name from the history books. That's the only uh, reason why. I, I want you know, him. I agree. I, you know, I can agree with that. But I also, I can't go another ten months. I will go insane. I think I've already <laughs> gone insane, and we're eight months removed from Mania. I look Ugh. forward to the instant reactions the night of WrestleMania 40 night two, and uh, someone pinned somebody. Guys, uh, we got to get out of here. I got to drag my lifeless corpse into another 30-minute uh, oh stream God. at the top of the hour. So wish me luck on that. But before I do, I do want to give everyone their flowers. Alex, where can the people find you? Hi. Uh, you can find me at Queen of the Ring with two Gs over on Twitter. Uh, YouTube.com slash Queen of the Ring Wrestling. Some new videos coming out, which I'm looking forward to. And then Twitch.tv slash Queen of the Ring. If you want to watch some wrestling with me, if you want to watch some wrestling reality TV, like Total Divas and Total Bellas, you can have a great time with me. Sit back and relax and watch it. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Cam, what will you be doing when you're not watching pro wrestling reality TV shows with Alex on our streams? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, what will I be doing? I'll be tweeting over at uh at Seahawk. It's C-E-E-H-A-W-K. That's gonna be on um Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can find my writing at theringer.com. Most recently talked to Jay Uso going into Survivor Series. Um, and if you go to gumroad.com and search South Congress with a K, you will find um, this project I put together, the very best wrestlers of 2023, presented by Cam Hawkins and his amazing friends. Um, it is myself and 
uh, six of the best people in wrestling media um, talking about six of the very best wrestlers of this year. Um, put it together like a fighting game strategy guide. So it's got your artwork, it's got your stats, it's got your blurbs. Um, really fun to put together. We've sold almost 200 of them already. Um, and we put that out the 10th. So it's been, it's my first independent project I've ever put together. Shout out to my man, uh, Shay Serrano for helping me uh, figure out exactly how to do it. But yeah, the very best wrestlers of 2023 presented by Cam Hawkins and his amazing friends, you can find that at gumroad.com. I just search South Congress with a K. Ella? You can find me on Twitter. I don't call it that other thing. You can follow me there at it's Ella J. It's, you know, it, as much as I hate it, it's my still my favorite platform. You know, I can't, I'm, I'm addicted to it. So that's where you will find me the most active. If you go to the link in my bio uh, there, you can find all my links to all my writing and, and podcasts and projects and all that fun stuff. Uh, 2024, I don't know what's going to happen, um, but stay tuned. As for me, the thing that's probably most relevant, Shaq Wrestling on YouTube. It's been a little slow in 2023. I I concede. I'm working on making that a little bit more you know, active in 2024. But at, by the time this goes out, Chavo Guerrero interview ahead of the Iron Claw on the channel. Please go check it out. If you like MMA, I... I'm producing more content than I care to admit over there. Interviews with the fighters ahead of every pay-per-view fight night over at Shaq MMA. Written work on CBSSports.com. Twitter handle is in the video there, just in the corner over there. Make sure, please, for the holiday season, subscribe to Fightful. Sean Ross Sapp and the big crew over there, all the amazing content they produce every single day. Help keep good pro wrestling reporting alive in an era of you know, very like, that guess what I just heard tweets that send everyone into a frenzy. Yes, Cam, that's exactly right. Um, and this is why I said Cam is taking out the trash. Go, go, fo go follow, follow everyone here, yeah. but please Ev go follow everyone Cam on Twitter if you Cam. just want to see if people get eviscerated. Yeah. Look, there's going to be a holiday special for WWE. I imagine the crew is off for the holidays. There's no UFC fights. If you want to see people get absolutely bodied at Seahawk on Twitter, it's the place to go. But when you're not doing that, enjoy some time with your loved ones and the tribalism in 2024, please. I can't take any more of it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.